Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another week of Bunch of Beauties presented by Pucker Up Sports. I'm Sam Prevo, and as usual, I'm joined by... Jennifer Molia. Oh my god, my voice sounds so bad. Jennifer Molia. <laughs> I had my prom this week. Yay! My voice is a little gone. But, but you look so pretty! Thank you. Pictures are on my Twitter for anyone who wants to see. Um, but we're gonna power through. I need to, I've been drinking a lot of water. Maybe I need to up it to like some tea. Just straight up chug some tea. With, with honey. Yeah, yeah, that's the vibe. And I'm uh, Ariel Melendez. Hey. 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 Short and simple. Love it. Okay. I was just drinking water. So, as usual, we've been starting every episode with a playoff update. I think we should just keep going with that. It's been yes. working. So, uh, the semifinals are set, y'all. Um, yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. Are. I'm in mourning. I'm sad. I'm also uh, sad. I'm very upset that the Hurricanes lost. I mean, what are you going to do? You're playing... I mean, Vasilevsky was just Vasilevsky, right? Um, I guess we'll just start there then because I'm going to go on about it. But um, I thought the Canes did really well. I thought they matched up really well against Tampa. They had a lot of injuries. Um, Goaltending was a little – I mean, it's not like they lit net up or anything, but they needed a a shake-up, right? So then they put in Peter Peter Mrazek in game three, and then they put him in again in game four, which I thought maybe was a mistake. And that was the game that had, like – a million goals back and forth and like he got lit up um so they switched back to ned and ned the whole time was a formidable force but then you have the canes offense who can't convert and on top of that they're having trouble scoring in the first place and they're facing vasilevsky and then you just have the tampa bay offense right um so I think they put up a really good fight against the defending champs with the injuries they had. I mean, Trocek was off. He tore his – so what I heard was he tore his ACL, but it Ooh. doesn't need surgery. He just needed some – he was like, oh, I just needed a few days. Okay. So well, I don't know what scary. that was all about. Um, Nino Niederreiter uh, was at 100%. Um, so it was just uh, – I think it was just like depth matching up against depth. I mean mm-hmm. – I feel like I have to touch on it. This isn't, I want to say this because this has been like a huge thing. This is not to criticize Tampa for what they're doing because other teams have done it. It's not cheating, even though it's frustrating. It's not cheating. It's under the official rules. Tampa is currently $18 million over the cap. Yeah. And Chicago did it. Other teams have done it. It happens. It's the rule needs to change. It's not anything against Tampa. I want to put that out there because I think some Canes fans are very upset about it and like are really angry about it. That is not the reason why the the Canes lost the series. It's not the only reason, right? It's just, Mm -hmm. uh, and Dougie Hamilton said it. And I think his quote was taken out of context because he's, he mentioned that Tampa was over the, over the cap, but then immediately said, I don't care about it. It's just a fact. It's a testament to their depth. And we're playing against the defending champs, and we need to find a way to rise above that, which is all yeah. true. So mm-hmm. I, it's not to like knock them or anything. It's just this is a thing that's happening, and it's putting them at an advantage because they found a way to to use this rule to their advantage, mm-hmm. and they're the freaking defending Stanley Cup champions. You know what I mean? So I, I I'm by no means afraid. For the Hurricanes, I'm not panicking. I've never been panicked about them. Um, it was a really good run. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's how we ended up with Tampa in the in the semis. But 
uh, that those are my thoughts on it. And uh, I went to paint, I went to go paint the ice uh, at PNC Arena, and that was so fun. I just wanted to point that out there. Put that out there. Every team should do it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I um, I'm kind of on the same page as you in that like what Tampa did is doing is frustrating, but it's not their fault. It's the fact that that's kind of allowed is like the problem, but that's like a whole other discussion. And my only other, I had another thought. I don't, oh, my, my only other thought is I'm like for, for as good as Tampa is. And like, obviously if you, if you earn your way into the semifinals, the finals, whatever, obviously you deserve to be there, but like, I'm kind of disappointed in like Tampa being back. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I like, like, I feel like, okay, they won. We watched them win. And I felt like their win was like a long time coming. Like, I felt like every year was like, oh, are, are they going to do it? Like they looked yeah. great in the regular season. Then they lost in the semifinal or the final, whatever. So I don't know. I'm just kind of like, again, like I, <laughs> I don't yeah. feel like watching them again. Um, the other teams I'm like pretty fine with, like the Islanders, obviously. I was going to say, I feel like they haven't been this far in a long time, but have... they were in the semis last year. Yeah. But like before that, maybe, or I don't were- know. In the bubble, they went far. I don't know if they made it to the semis, but they made it far. Yeah. My my point was just, like, they're kind of, like, um, like a different team to see, like, in the yeah. semis. And, I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like the Habs are, too. Um, and, I mean, Vegas is whatever. I'm kind of over Vegas. I'm kind of... I think we're all over <laughs> Vegas. Yeah. I was I was more excited for them before the playoffs stopped, started. I was more excited for them before the playoffs started. And now I'm just kind of, like, yeah. So... Those are my thoughts. Obviously, we all, for as much as we all predicted for the Hurricanes to win the Stanley Cup, I think we all wanted the Hurricanes to win the Stanley Cup, so it's a little sad. Um, but, yeah, we move. We also can't get any more points in the bracket challenge because yeah. all, all our teams, teams are, are gone. <laughs> yep. So Jen wins, officially. So I, I was going to get there. Jen yes, officially wins. Okay. <laughs> With my 66 points. Yes, I had 30, yay. Uh, Ariel had 53, and Jen had 66. We're officially done. All of us picked the Hurricanes to win the cup. All of us had a Colorado Hurricanes final. I think you guys so had Boston in the yeah. 70s. Yeah. Well, I, and, well, I had Boston, Carolina, which literally couldn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think, like I said, I think all of the teams that we picked, none of them made it. So, yeah. uh, yikes. Uh, but that's that's playoff hockey, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> I would say when you said that the Islanders are like a different team to make the semis, I think I said this yeah. before, but they're the most like old school, like yeah, hockey team yeah. that yeah. is left um, with their, I mean, especially with their fourth line. I think it's Sezikis, Sezikis, Clutterbuck, Clutterbuck Martin. And Martin. Yeah. yeah. They're like, they're mm-hmm. like a very, they're like old hockey men's dream, right? They're like the <laughs> old school, like beat them up, but can also kind of yeah. score goals fourth line. Um I really, I think for me anyway, Tampa is like the lesser of all the evils, like seeing them mm-hmm. repeat. I would love to see Ryan McDonough have another cup. It's what he deserves. Um, I don't know. I mean, like Montreal would be okay, I guess. I, mm-hmm. I guess I really just don't want the Islanders in Vegas. Um, yeah. Islanders for personal reasons. And then I think all of us are just fed up with Vegas and we don't want them to win in their fourth season of existence because all they've known to known how to do is win and it's gross. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, 
I guess we should talk about like Colorado's collapse a little bit because it was a I don't know about you guys, but that was shocking to me. No, me too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. They lost four straight. They had won the first two games and then they lost four straight to Vegas, which do you guys think it was like Vegas cracking the code to the avalanche or what do you think um, happened there? I, I think a big part of what happened is something happened with, with uh, Grubauer. I agree. Mm-hmm. He now this is coming from a uh, hashtag salty blues fan um, was like lights out. Um, but that's, no, like he he was good. He was good in the blue series. Um, he was good. He was good to start, and then you know he gets the Vezina nomination, and then something. He he wasn't the whole the whole problem, but something happened in between game two and the rest of the series where I'm not gonna say he like lost it. He just something happened where he wasn't as lights out as he had been, and that could have been Vegas finding the right ways or finding his spots, you know, every goaltender's kind of got that weak spot. So whether it was Vegas figuring that out, you know, I, I don't want to say like the Vezina nomination got to, got to Grubauer or something. Cause I, I'm sure that wasn't it, but it, I, I'm curious of, of what did happen. Yeah. You know, those last few games, because he wasn't the same goaltender that he was before. Um, I, agree. So I, I think he was a big part of it. I think Vegas just found a way, though, to, for a while, shut down uh, Colorado's top guys. Because mm-hmm. I, know, I know for a little bit there, they were shutting down McKinnon pretty well. They were, I know they had to reunite that uh, McKinnon, Landeskog, what, Ranson in line? Yeah. I think in, in, in the last game, because Vegas was just finding a way to shut everything down. But I, I think goaltending had a lot to do with it, but it was also Vegas just finding that way to shut down their stars. So that way, guys like Marteau, Stone, Pacioretty could kind of shine. Yeah, I agree. I feel like there's not much else to say. Um, It's definitely disappointing. I think that when you have a team that looks so great in the regular season, um, you kind of foolishly expect them to do as well in the playoffs. And I think that a lot of times you do see situations like what happened with Colorado where they look great and you're kind of thinking that they do have a chance of making it far and then they just get like this one opponent or this one series where I think Mm -hmm. you use the right word they just collapse like they just looked bad um and yeah I I don't know if I would use like cracking the code but I I definitely think that (laughs) I don't know because that seems so like haha they did it yeah um which I I kind of think it was on both sides I think Colorado was definitely you have to think about how in the playoffs, everything moves so quickly. You finish one series, you have no time to be happy about it. It's time to go play the next team. So I definitely think that like once you get into the later rounds, especially like exhaustion's a part of it, even if you are a team that was doing really well, like it's just so like, go, go, go. So I'm sure they were like tired, obviously. And like Ariel was saying, if in a playoff series, obviously, you're playing the same team over and over again. It's not like the regular season. So if you can play a team once or twice and figure out, okay, these are their best players. How do we get players to stop their best players and make sure their players don't stop our best players? And, like, if you can figure that out, like, you can sweep a series, which I don't know how to figure it out. I'm not a hockey coach. Um, but I, I definitely think that, again, just echoing what Ariel said, they really found a way to just shut down their top guys and their top guys were not shut down. And um, I think at the, at the beginning of the playoffs, not the beginning 
Um, just when we were discussing each team, we said that like goaltending would be a big factor for virtually every team. And I think that that shows again, the later that you get into the playoffs, because, you know, you have times where these players are playing for an extended amount of time. So, uh, your, your stars might kind of have a couple games where they don't really do anything. You might have players who kind of, I was going to say it in a different way, but you might have players who just like don't do anything for a couple games. And so that's when, who do we fall back on? Do we have other players who score? Does our goaltending just have to be solid? And I think that that's why, like not to like wax poetic, but I think that's why the team who eventually wins the Stanley Cup deserves it so much. Ooh, that was gross what my voice just did. Ooh. <laughs> but um, I think that's why the team who ultimately wins the Stanley Cup deserves it so much because you go through all these different opponents and I guess you have to figure out how to like systematically beat each different opponent and you only have X amount of games to do it. And, you know, when you win the Stanley Cup, it's okay, you had to survive your goaltending maybe being crappy for a couple games. You had to survive maybe your star players disappearing for a little bit. Like it really does show like the depth and the versatility of a team. And it shows like this team got through X, Y, and Z. They were worthy of winning it all. So um sad about it. I'm sad about Colorado not being in. We already mentioned the Canes. Sad about that too. Um, but I think there's a, like you said, Sam, there's like a somewhat good group of teams left, um, for us at least. Yeah. Um, so that, that's, those are my thoughts. Yeah. I think you guys touched on like pretty much everything, but I, I think Rubauer, especially in the last game, you could see like something was up. He led in some mm-hmm. pretty soft goals. I, I think when you look at the rosters, I think, I mean, not to say Colorado isn't deep because they are deep. But I think Vegas just had that slight edge because, I mean, not only Stone was just on another planet the way McKinnon was in the in the Blue Series, but you have guys like Marcia So, William Carlson. Like, I, I know that Andre Burakovsky had a decent series for Colorado, but aside from that McKinnon, Ranton, and Landeskog line, the forward group, I'd have to look at it again, but... I just no no names like jump out at me as like a guy like a Marcheso, and I wonder how much I mean they miss Nazem Kadri obviously, um, and not and I don't want to put full blame on Nas at all um, mm-hmm. because one person shouldn't rock the boat. It's the same thing in in Toronto. I think like when he was out in those Boston series and they just completely fell apart without him. That was why Kyle Dubas was like, we need to get deeper, which is. 100% true. So I don't want to like fully blame Nas, but obviously him being there was a a big hole left behind. Mm-hmm. Um so I don't I I think Vegas just found a way to exploit their depth and ride ride on the back of Marc-Andre Fleury being out of this world. Um oh, yeah. to yeah. just and you know Mark Stone's leadership like I mentioned and all that to just find a way to shut down that top Colorado line and, and, and just keep them from making anything happen. Um, So kudos to them as much as like we say, like, oh, we're tired of them or whatever, like (laughs) credit where credit's due. Um, (laughs) I just don't want to see them raise the cup yet. That's all. Um, (laughs) Um, Before I would say before you, um, cause there is something I want to mention with Colorado. It's not like on, it's not on ice stuff. It's, um, some stuff that kind of happened off yesterday. I don't, I don't know if any, well, I don't, I don't want to say if anybody, either of you noticed, because it wasn't like a huge, huge 
but it, it's kind of that thing I know we've talked about. We've probably talked about before about about separating the athlete from the person. Um, but in like in like a different way than I know we've discussed before. Um, because obviously I I know you guys did see like after the Blues got swept, the Colorado Avalanche players were obviously like pretty happy. They were posting yeah. things and like having their fun, mm-hmm. like have your fun, whatever. Like I don't, I was like slightly salty in the moment, but like have your fun, do what you gotta do. And then after this series, uh, apparently Grubauer went private on Instagram. And a lot of people were like, oh, don't dish it if you can't take it. And it's like, no, I don't think he went private because, oh, he was worried people were going to be like, oh, you talked all your crap. No, um, I wouldn't be surprised if he went private because he got harassed. Oh, absolutely. And and I actually was going to bring this up with Nas, actually, because his wife... Um, just brought up uh, DMs that were being sent to, uh, I don't know if it was to Nas directly or to her, but it was a lot of um, Islamophobic comments to to Nas. And uh, she was saying, like, this happens all the time. Um, So if it happens all the time on a regular basis, I can only imagine how it happens, how much it gets kicked up when they lose a series and he's partially culpable for it in fans' eyes. Um, I want to say in fans' eyes, he's partially culpable for it because I don't personally think he's that mm. culpable for it that you should like yeah. harass him or whatever. But to mm. your point about Grubauer, I mean, and honestly, player social media, like, I don't want to say like we should be grateful that players have social media, but like, I get what you mean though, right? I, like, I, I see where you're you're trying to go, kind of like they don't have to like share this with us, but the right. ones that. The ones that have like the public Instagrams, like, oh, it's cool to be able to get a look into into their lives, but they don't have to like be showing us. It's like I, I know what I know what you mean. Yeah, like I think I think every athlete has a responsibility to use their platform, but how much they let us into their lives is up to them. And I I I just I think some sports I think it comes to that idea of that, like for a lot of people, athletes are just like tools for our entertainment. So of course they have so they need social media because that's the way I keep in touch with keep in touch with them and that's how I'm entertained by them dance monkey dance kind of thing. So like they have every right to go private on their Instagram just like we have every right to go private on our Instagram mm-hmm. for whatever reason. So I I always like feel weird when people don't treat athletes like human beings, especially like when who was it on the Bruins that just came out about this but they were talking about like how draining this season's been for them and how it's adversely impacted their mental health. Like, Oh, I saw that. Yeah. Every, every athlete, every NHL player, every, every athlete period is a person that has, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes with them, no matter how much they let us into their lives. Um, Cause we don't know them personally. It's that parasocial relationship thing. Um, mm. But like, just leave them be, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. If you think you're upset by them losing, imagine how they feel when it's their job yeah. and they're getting exactly. paid for it, right? So, yeah, I I hope that they all end up like, I mean, I hope obviously they'll all be fine eventually and they'll shift their attentions towards next season. But I, I think it's valid to bring that up and just be like, hey, mm-hmm. like this athlete doesn't owe you anything. Um, yeah, I, I think that when athletes like, or just, like, celebrities in general, like, if they go private on social media or, like, they block someone, people see it as, like, this gotcha moment. 
And it's like, no, like, it's really not <laughs> like, it's not something to laugh at or be proud of. Like, that's like, kind of scary. Um, so I don't know when, when I see that happen, I just like hope they're okay, because yeah. that is scary. You know, when, when you are in the public eye like that, you know, a large portion of your life is on display. And some of that is your personal life, even if you are just playing a sport, you know, with social media, a lot of your shit is just out in the open. So um, be- best wishes to all, all of these players that are dealing with that, because I could not imagine. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, it's a different, they're talking about different levels when you're talking about like racist comments and just like general hatred, but it's all mm-hmm. hatred at the end of the day. And no yeah. person should have to deal with vitriol from someone else on the internet because I think we all forget the golden rule, guys. Treat others the way you want to be treated. Absolutely. Um, and also, like, don't message people's families. Yeah, I don't <laughs> yep. get the like, messaging families thing. Like, what someone's, like, this woman <laughs> is married to your favorite athlete. Okay, like, she's she not, do? she's not playing the game. She's, she's just sitting there with her life being married to this person. Like, Oh my gosh, it's so horrible. And that's why I, I felt bad for Nas's wife, you know, trying to call attention to this Islamophobia because like whether it's to, sent to her or sent to Nas, it's still watching your husband like go through something that he should never have to go through. So mm-hmm. I just, and the and they have like young children and, and uh, mm-hmm. I just don't, it makes me feel icky. Um, This is a hard left, but um uh, we could use a hard left yeah let's take a hard left we're um wrapping up i think every award's been announced now uh yeah because they announced that they're gonna start announcing the winners for lack of a better phrase wonderful so uh i'm just gonna get on my like hell yeah for a minute because rod brindamore is nominated for the jack adams finally Thank you. Oh my God. Thank you. Because in the 10 years before he was head coach, they did nothing. I was, I've watched it. I, I lived it. The hurricanes were horrible. Robert and takes over. The culture completely changes. Like, yes, they also got a new owner in that time span, but like him coming in, like, I, I don't know how to describe like those last few years of, you know, not having Rod as coach and the the previous owners before Dundon, like it always felt like at the end of the season, you could cut the tension in there with an, a butter knife. Like mm-hmm. a lot of blame was shifted around and, and like, there was all these questions of like, well, what can they freaking do to like elevate to the next level? Yeah. Um, and, and then Rod came in and just completely changed the culture of that organization um all of those guys would they say it over and over they'd run through a brick wall for him um <laughs> they'd probably run through a brick wall for each other um yeah and i'm i'm sad that it took this long for him to get nominated for the jack adams i thought he should have been nominated in the first place because they had one of the longest playoff droughts in the nhl and he took them to the playoffs and they went to the eastern conference finals yeah from one year to the next like a complete 180 yeah. Um, so I'm glad that he's getting recognized um, for that accomplishment. I mean, I don't know if he'll win it because um, the other two that are nominated are Evison from uh, Minnesota. And what he did was obviously insane. And Joel Quenville, obviously, in Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Minnesota and Florida were two teams that I don't think were on everybody's radar in the way that they ended up being at the end of the season. 
Um, yeah. So I think it'll be tough. It's a very tight race. Um, and I'm not sure if Rod will win it, but I'm so glad that he's getting recognized for it finally because for sure. Yeah, I think God, he I deserves think, it. I, I think that's an award. We, we've kind of said this, I think, about a couple. That's kind of an award where I don't think there's a wrong. Yeah, there, there's not a wrong mm-hmm. pick there. Obviously, what what Brendan Moore has done in in Carolina is I don't even know. Like I was just gonna say awesome. Like I don't. Yeah. That's not necessarily where I wanted to go, but what, what he has done to that team in, in the short amount of time that he's been there, or I don't actually remember how long he's been there. Uh, three years he's been there. Okay, so it's been a semi. Yeah, he was an assistant for a really long time, okay. but he's been head coach three years. But to, to see the kind of transformation he's made that team and to to make them fun again, I, I guess we'll say, to, to make them a team that a lot of people kind of like not even just – Carolina fans that a, a lot of fans in general kind of have fun seeing them have fun. Yeah. Um, I, I think it has been really, has been really great for obviously the Canes, but I think for the game in general, um, he, he's been really great, but yeah, what, what Quenville did in Florida and what um, the other Everson did. I think that's how you say it. Everson did in Minnesota. Obviously they, like I said, there, there's not going to be a wrong pick. Yeah. I'm literally looking straight at the nominees, and some reason I couldn't get his name. Um, but I, I, what they all did with their teams was pretty good. Uh, so yeah, I don't think there's going to be a bad pick for that one. I, I think there is a lot of support for Brendan Moore, though. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. remember who like who votes for Jack Adams. I think it's I the GMs actually. I don't think it's the press. Let me look. So it up. I, I think I think there's a lot of respect. For Brenda Moore, so I can see because there, there are a lot of people. Obviously, this might have been writers more so than than the people who are actually voting for it. But there was a lot of like outward uh, support. It's the NHL Broadcasters Association. Okay, oh, that's interesting. There's a lot. There's been a lot of support though for Brenda Moore. I I think I've seen a lot of that more so than the other two. Um, maybe just because I've seen his name more often. So I can yeah. see a road where Brendan Moore does win just because of how much outward support he has, mm-hmm. but uh, th- I don't think there's a wrong. I don't think there's a wrong. Yeah, there. if he if mm-hmm. he is to win it, I think it would be a culmination of the last three years. Not this is a very mm-hmm. weird comparison, so bear with me. But it's like when Return of the King won Best Picture in, in the Oscars because it was. A tribute to the trilogy as a whole, not just that one movie. That's what I think this would be. If Rod Brindamore winning the Jack Adams would be a tribute to what he's done over the last three years in the mm-hmm. organization, not just this not season. Just, I think that's mm-hmm. a, I think that's a good way to put it. Yeah, very out out of the box comparison. I'm a nerd. Bear with me. <laughs> I just that was what I immediately thought of giving the award as a testament to like what he's been able to do and just give the team an entire 180 over the last three years, because technically they went further in the playoffs the last two years that he was coach than now. Mm-hmm. This is the best they finished in the regular season with him as head coach, but he's just mm-hmm. continuously breaking records. So um, it would be great to see him win, obviously, because I'm biased and he's the head coach of my one of my favorite teams. But like you said, I don't think there's a wrong answer. Um. Okay. Next one I want to get on my soapbox for is the Norris. And I've talked about this a bunch, but Adam Fox actually got his uh, Norris nomination. I was so happy. I was, I was so happy. Scared. Um, the <laughs> other two nominees are Victor Hedman and Kale McCarr. 
Um, what a shock. If Makar wins, I will not be as upset that Adam Fox didn't win. Um, I think my main sticking point is Hedman. Simply, Me too. simply yeah. because I think I said this before, and I, I think I specifically made this argument last week, but these awards are for individual regular season accomplishment. So mm-hmm. in my mind, I think Hedman gets nominated a lot simply because the entire Lightning team is amazing, and oh, he's so their good. best defense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I there have been seasons where he's been the league's best defenseman, no question, and he's gotten nominated. I think he's won one or two Norris's before. But this season, I just think Fox and even Makar stood out way more than mm-hmm. Hedman. Agree. So if you want to make the yeah. playoffs argument and say, well, Adam Fox's team didn't make the playoffs. He's not the best defenseman. Fine. Give it to Makar then. I just don't think Hedman really was the NHL's best defenseman this year in the regular season. Um, I really hope it's Fox. He's just what he, I feel like I'm making the same like statement as Brendan Moore, but like what he's accomplished in his short time with the Rangers has been, I think we knew he was going to be good, but I think it even like blew away our expectations of him. Mm-hmm. He carried that defense on his back, especially when Jacob Trubo was oh, yeah. hurt. Um, and as much as we don't like him as a person, like separating the athlete from the person, uh, Missing Tony D'Angelo in that lineup, like that's another whole NHL players like spot that we ha- the Rangers had to compensate for, and Adam Fox kind of stepped up to the plate. So mm-hmm. I just think he was like the Rangers MVP, the Rangers defense MVP. Um, yeah, I just really I I just think it would be such a it would be like a, such a recognition and like reward for everything that he did this year. Um, but honestly, like you said, I, I, like I said, and like we said with the, I mean, we said that the Jack Adams, there's no wrong answer. I think here, the only wrong answer is Hedman. <laughs> there is, yeah, there I is agree. a wrong answer. Yeah, there's only um... one wrong answer. It's not like there's two wrong answers and there's only one I nominee think... that should win. But uh, No, I think, I think kind of what you said about Fox is right. Obviously I'm not as close to, as close to Fox as um, you guys are, so I only kind of see what you guys say. But I know there was a lot of uh, again. I go back to what I said about about Britain Wars. There was there's been a lot of talk about Fox, um, which is kind of where I've been able to hear how good he's been. And I kind of just briefly looked up some of his uh, stats, and it, it is pretty impressive for a young defenseman to be. I, and I know the Rangers are a, a decently young team anyway. But to have a, a young guy like him um, kind of take that team and kind of lead them on the back end um, it is pretty impressive for him. And I, I, the same thing with Makar. He's obviously been great for the Avalanche since he came in. Um, I know I saw the argument. I, I can't speak to this argument about uh, a lot of people thought, obviously, Hedman should have not only been not winning, but not nominated. Um, I know there was a big argument for McAvoy to be yeah, nominated over Hedman. I saw that Hedman. too. I honestly thought um, it was going to be Fox, McCarr, McAvoy. But I mean, like the league has to get it. Has to get it. Whatever. I don't know the word. I'm trying to like has to just get that one person. There's always that award, um, and it's the same thing with the with the Selkie, where you always have that guy that's nominated every single year, no matter. Mm-hmm. It feels like no matter what. 
Um, and, and that kind of seems like what it is with the North. It kind of seems like every year you're like, all right, it's going to be Hedman who and who pretty much. Yeah. Um, I think that's become an expectation around the league and kind of similar to what you said. It, it's more for him seems to be based on just precedent. Like, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. we know he's a top guy in the league. All right, we're going to put him in. We automatically know he's going to be one of the best defensemen in the league, you know? So when you say, yeah, there is a wrong answer. Yeah, there kind of is a wrong <laughs> answer in this option. But yeah, I think it would be great to see a guy like Fox win just because it feels like it's just someone different. Like, yeah. I know McCarr yeah. would obviously be different too, but it just feels like it would be fresh, like, to have someone like Fox win the Norris, and especially someone who deserves to win. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, and I, I, I think the league, what you said with precedent, the league and, and, and the media that vote on the award, I think there's, for some reason, there's just thing, there's this thing where we get, like, attached to players, and then we don't, we just don't let them go, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. the league always releases on Insta- Instagram those, like, top whatever at their position rankings, and Drew mm-hmm. Doughty is still listed as one of the <laughs> NHL's top defensemen. Like, why? Why? I'm sorry. Like, he's great still. He's not, like, horrible, but he's definitely but he's not the, not. He's, he's not, not as good as he once was. Right. Exactly. Was, yeah. Exactly. His best. Or, he's, he, he's past his peak. And for some reason, though, we're still talking about him. And... I mean, I, I should, like, eat crow on this one because of Car- Carey Price's performance in the playoffs, but <laughs> the way he's been the last few years, I was getting so frustrated with, like, oh, Carey Price is the best goalie in the world when, like, Montreal, he wasn't doing anything for them. And I was just sitting there getting so frustrated, like, no, there's so many other <laughs> options out there for you to say that. Um, so I think it just, it, there's this just this weird case of, like, we find this one player that's really good and then we're just obsessed with them until we run yeah. it into the ground. Mm-hmm. I mean, Brent, when you're talking about perennial Norris candidates, Brent Burns got nominated however many years in a row. Um, mm-hmm. Which, like, I mean, it depends on how you, what you want from your defenseman. I'm kind of old school. I want them to, like, actually play defense and offense come second. Um, yeah. So, like, a player like Burns, I don't know if they're technically the best defenseman, even though they score a lot. Um but yeah, I just think it's like that weird thing where you get like attached to someone and then they just run it into the ground instead of being able to like open up their eyes to more options and be like, oh, maybe like this player's peak isn't as long as we're saying it is. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, hopefully Fox or McCarr wins and yes. we won't be talking about another uh, Hedman Norris. Um, yeah. Then we have the Hart Trophy, which is MVP. Uh, McKinnon, Matthews, and McDavid were nominated. Uh, yeah. It was almost the exact same as the Ted Lindsay, except Crosby was nominated instead of McKinnon, I believe, for the Ted mm. Lindsay. Yeah. Um, I'd, I mean, it's gotta be McDavid, I would think. I mean, you would yeah. imagine McDavid probably gets at least one of them. I was thinking the same thing. I, I think it's gotta be McDavid. I mean, what? I mean. Although I will say I was having a conversation with a friend of mine uh, about Matthews. And if you take Matthews off the Leafs roster this year in the regular season, we're not talking about the playoffs, in the regular season, (laughs) I mean, do they even make the playoffs? I I don't know. I think that's a fair question. So 
to me, that's always the question with MVP. Like, if you take this player off that team, where are they? Um, yeah. And McDavid, I mean, you always make the argument with Dreisaitl, but I think that, that Matthews and McDavid kind of fit that bill. I mean, all three mm-hmm. of them do, I guess. If you take that player off their team, where are they? Mm-hmm. Um, I think McKinnon, with with the other players on Colorado and like just how good as a team overall they were, I, I think his arguments may be the least strong in that argument yeah. of if you take them off the team, how do, how do they do? But yeah. mm-hmm. I won't be like disappointed if any of them win it. Um, I just personally think Matthews or McDavid kind of fit that bill of like MVP um, yeah. in the regular season a little bit more. Uh, McKinnon obviously is like playoff MVP for the Avalanche every year. Um, but yeah, if you, I mean, I don't know if you guys have anything to add about it. Um, I don't, I don't really think so. I think you kind of echoed, um, my, my thoughts is it's really, I think between McDavid and Matthews, just for that exact Mm -hmm. argument that you say is if you take all three of these players off their teams, where are they? Um, obviously, like you said, you, you can make the argument with Dreisaitl that, you know, is he still, you know, cause him, him and McDavid together is like magic. So is it if you take McDavid away, is Dreisaitl still as, you know... I mean, we've seen it before. He probably is. He obviously is. Um, And and the same thing with Matthews. You take him off to to other guys. Are there other guys that end up stepping up? But I I think it's a bigger drop-off if you take away McDavid or Matthews than it is McKinnon um, based on what... Based on the regular season, because Colorado was really... Colorado has... Does have depth. Yeah. That's not a lie maybe the depth it didn't turn out to be as strong as it needed to be later on but during the regular season they were obviously one of the best teams in the league so i, I think like what you they said they were the best taking, team in the league president's trophy oh that's right duh i was like yeah. i literally had a moment of doubt like am i gonna say this <laughs> be wrong so i didn't say it um but I, I think it really is if you take mckinnon off that team I, it's not a big as big of a drop off if you take off like mcdavid like if you take mcdavid off the oilers like who are they essentially i mean essentially who are they in general really i think that's a different but that's a different conversation that's a whole Um, other bag of worms that's that's a whole thing we don't have worms whatever dive into but i i basically kind of just re my thoughts are really just reiterating what you said is i think it's more between mcdavid and matthews but i Mm -hmm. I, again i wouldn't be mad about any i mean i say wouldn't be mad about any of these awards really because i don't have like a horse in the race here except for like one award (laughs) But it's like an award that, like, we won't even. I'm sure we'll talk about that award. Um, yeah, the Masterton, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure we'll go into that because I have thoughts about the award itself and then the nominees. Um, yeah, me too. But <laughs> it's. I don't think there's necessarily a. We keep saying that a wrong one here, but I would lead McDavid Matthews over McKinnon. Yeah, same. Okay. Um, I don't know. Do you want to go straight into Masterton or do you want to talk about the Selkie? Because we're kind of in like that territory of like talking about perennial nominees. Um, uh, we, can, we can go Selkie. Okay. So yeah. Selkie, I personally, so it's Barkov, Bergeron, Stone. I think it's Barkov's award to lose. Yeah, uh, I that's, agree. That's, yeah, that seems fair. I, I think Barkov is, he's not, I mean, McDavid's the best player in the world by far, but. There's that big, there's a big gap and then there's everybody else. But I think at the top of everybody else is Barkov. Um, mm-hmm. He's, he's just proven. I mean, like for a while he was that player. Everyone's like, he's the most underrated player in the league. And then that's a whole other argument of like, when does that turn into he's overrated? Cause everyone's talking about how underrated he is. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
Barkov has just proven that he's, I mean, he, he's the face of the Panthers right now. And he's literally just the second best player in the world. He proved that this year. Um, and part of that is because of his 200 foot game. He is great on both sides of the puck, which is what the Selkie is. Um, and yeah, I think just the way the Panthers performed this year outperformed everybody's expectations. And the reason, one of the biggest reasons was Barkov. Uh, I think it's his award to lose, but. I agree. Not much to say there. Yeah, that's. I feel yeah, like I'm steamrolling you guys. No, no I you're know fine. most of these awards I truly don't have, like, much opinion on. Just right. because m- m- most of them feel like it, you know, could go to anyone. Um, there, There's only a couple that, that kind of have, like, I don't want to say a clear, clear, yeah, like a clear cut winner. But, um, and some of them, obviously, it's, you know, whoever wins, wins. There was, there's only, like, a couple that it's, like, I don't, most of them, yeah. like, I don't, like, I don't want to say I don't care, um, but most of them are just, like, <laughs> no, whoever wins, like, cool, good for you, like, proud yeah. of you. Yeah. Well, I think, I think, ultimately, I mean, yes, this is something that, like, hap- awards are, are big, and, and they're great for a, a player's, like, career resume and all that. Yeah. At the yeah. end of the day, though, unless you're like Patrice Bergeron, who wins the Selkie like a million times, you know, or Ovi, who has the most rockets, like that's when you talk about awards, really. Other than that, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like an afterthought with like how, oh, this player's really good. Oh, well, let's see how many awards they won. Um, yeah. So I agree with like that kind of sentiment of like, I don't really have like a horse in a lot of these races. Um, <laughs> the only other award I feel like super passionate about, I mean, I know that Ariel, you feel passionate about the Masterton. I think I feel passionately about the Lady Bang, but I think we talked, I swear we talked about yeah, it. Yeah, we week. did. We did because I think we did. Um, I mentioned it while we were recording. Yeah, Jacob Slavin should win it, hands down. I agree. He's like the ex- perfect example of the Lady Bang. We don't need to go into it again. Um, so let's go to the Masterton. So the the nominees yes. are Matt Dumba, Oscar Lindblom, and Patrick Marlowe. Um, it has to be Lindblom. I think it has right? to be Can Lindblom. I think the only other yeah. player that makes a strong argument is Marlowe simply for, I mean, breaking Gordy's record is something we'll n- probably never see again. And the award is for dedication to the game. Playing that many games is the, I mean, how more dedicated can you get? than playing that many games, but... It's just a strange award, I feel. I think it's like, a very I, strange award. Yeah, and, yeah, I think you guys yeah. are going to have the exact thoughts that I had. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's yeah, a, I, I mean, it's an award for overcoming adversity, which I think is great, mm-hmm. but I think it's the same with all these awards. They're worded very strangely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, to to me, the Masterton Trophy, from what we've seen, at least based on the nominees, and I want to say this as carefully as possible, is to me, most of the time, the Masterson to me is like, what shitty thing did you overcome? Like, I was going to say the same what, thing. It's who went through the most yeah, shit. Yeah, what terrible like, fully. thing happened yeah. to you that you had to overcome? It? And most of the time, it, it feels like that's what this award is. That's why I want to like be careful with what I say. I mean, is that a bad thing? I think it's about perseverance it's, through yeah. a bad thing. Yeah, which I think should be recognized. But it is a, it's a strange thing to like get an award for. I that's think what is, I, yeah, that's, I agree. that's what I mean. Like, obviously, it's great. Um, like for what some of these players overcome, but it's like you're celebrating them 
it, it, you're not celebrating them having to go through it. You're celebrating them having to overcome it. But like, it's the fact that they had to go through it. I don't know. I think yeah, yeah. Whole, I think it's. No, I agree. Whole rant, um, no, it's fine. I think I, but, I. I think I know where you're coming from. But mm-hmm. uh, it's Oscar Lindblom. Like, I don't. Yeah, I, don't I think know it's Oscar how, I don't know how it's not Oscar Lindblom's truly. I, I mean, I can't even say it should have been his last year because obviously Bobby Ryan, like, that was an incredible story. Like, again, like, mm. sucks that he had to go through something like that. But the way he was able to come back, like, that was an incredible story. So I wasn't, like, I don't, I can't even say, like, I'm mad about that award because it, I also said, yeah. like, a person. But, like, yeah, it's it, just... it was a great, like, it's not, like, I don't think the Master and you can have a wrong one. I think that's a tough thing to say with that award. But, yeah. like, Bobby Ryan winning, like, that was that was a great moment because his story was a great moment. But based on the nominees this year, because when I was kind of writing my little piece for it, I had to, like, look up. And, again, not trying to, like, sound bad. I had to look up what those two, like, I knew what Matt Dumba did, obviously, and I kind of had a feeling why Marla was nominated, but I still had to, like, look up, like, yeah. okay, what mm-hmm. did these guys do that yeah. kind of Yeah, because them- it's not officially labeled a Perseverance Award. It's for dedication yeah. to the game, which is why I think Patrick... Which is so Which weird. is why I think Patrick Marla was nominated in the first place, because, yeah. Yeah. like I said, play, beating the all-time games played record how more dedicated to a sport can you be than playing mm-hmm. in that many games and wanting to keep coming back every year when you're in your forties and you have grown kids and all that. Um, so I understand it, but I, I like we've talked about this with other awards. It just, the, what it really means needs to get clarified. Um, mm-hmm. I, agree. I will say sometimes uh, the Masterton with overcoming adversity and everything, there are certain times when, it gets a little ridiculous. Like, I agree. Uh, many moons ago, Ryan Ryan O'Reilly uh, <laughs> drunk drove his car through a Tim Hortons. Um, and then the next year was nominated for the Masterton. That was the adversity he overcame. Yeah, that, which, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's... It's a very strange award in the sense that some people, like, in that situation, some people get nominated, and I'm like, wait, but you just did a bad thing. Yeah. Like, like I don't... Yeah. I don't get that. I don't get that aspect of it. And the other thing is, like you said, I feel like it's a strange thing to give an award for. Like, and however I word this is going to sound bad, so we're just going to do it. But, like, Oscar Limblom, like, he's the obvious choice, I think. But it's, I feel like it's strange to say, like, here's an award for having cancer. Like, yeah. you do you know what I yes. mean? Yes. Like, it's You just... have my, like, exact thoughts without me trying to, like, like, yeah. what you say, like, I don't know how to word this, me, this entire, like, rant. <laughs> yeah. How do I say, like, I think he should win it, but, like, sorry you had to go through that to win this, but I think something I also want to mention, because I, I don't want to brush over Dumba and what, what he has done, because yeah. I think it, it, mm-hmm. it is important the work he has done as well. And I just don't want to, like, brush over any of that because he, I don't know the word I want to look for. Um, it kind of was brave in a way, what yeah. he did um, during the, the bubble last year. Um, so I want to make sure we kind of mention him at least of a course. little bit. Because what, sure. what he did was really important for the game. And being one of the co-founders of, what, the Diversity of Alliance, I, I think, it yeah. was a pretty big step, and he's done a lot of great work off the ice as well. Yeah. But, yeah, like, I don't know how you say, like, Oscar Lindblom should win this without saying, like, he should win this because he had cancer. Like, and I also think... I don't know I mean, how you do that. You even saying, like, we can't forget to bring up what Matt Dumba did. I feel like 
why should we be comparing like who went through worse things and who deserves mm-hmm. like who's the most dedicated to hockey like yeah because yeah, the way sorry no you're 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 good like that that's why it's such a weird award because yeah. it's like can't we celebrate everyone that was nominated instead of like can't, can't this just i know of course it it would just be so easy to be like here's our masterton like nominees these are the guys who like persevered through so much like can't we yeah. leave it at that instead of i wonder being, if like, it's not like an award to get nominated for like a masterton like recognition like i don't yeah, know what it like what it what like how to how to word it like it's kind of like when people get like a no, lifetime yeah. achievement award or something mm-hmm. like something that's not like voted on or like 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 they're just picked out of the group for the for the ones that for the people that showed their dedication and like closer mm-hmm. because like i keep saying it's a dedication to the game award so why are we comparing like why is like matt dumba's way of showing dedication to the game and like his efforts to to uh bring like to make hockey more diverse and 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 Mm -hmm. and fight racism Mm -hmm. in hockey why are we comparing that form of dedication to the sport to patrick marlowe playing the most games ever to oscar Lindblom playing after recovering from cancer like those three things are completely different ballparks it just feels like a trauma contest a lot of the time. Yeah. Like like we said earlier, like who went through the worst thing? Who 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 went through the most stuff? Like, oh, you had cancer? That's worse than racism. That's why you get the award. Like yeah. it's I feel like comparing it is just so messed up. Yeah. And I feel like, like you said, Sam, it'd be much better to just have like I also think it's not the best practice that every team like has a nominee for every award and then like you break it down because you look at some of the like original nominees for some of these awards and they just don't make sense which okay I guess that's why they bring it down to three but like it it really just becomes like a trauma contest it becomes who went through the worst thing and I would much rather have like you said like some sort of just recognition ceremony type thing. You wouldn't even have to give it the Masterton name just at the NHL awards. Like you played after recovering from cancer. That's amazing. Good for you for doing that. Okay. We don't need to put a name on it. We don't need to put put a trophy on it. Just recognize that, recognize how brave and amazing whatever it is was and just go from there. I think, I think making it into, cause if it's an award, it is a contest. Like people yeah. lose and people win. Like, what do you say if you lose the Masterton? Like, oh, like my my bad thing wasn't the worst thing, so I lost. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It it's just messed up. To yeah, me. no, I agree. I yeah. think there's that whole like uh, trauma porn thing, right? That or that mm-hmm. people like love to see other people's tragedies or like yeah. thrive on finding like it's always that thing of like when a celebrity like announces that like a loved one passed away or like something happens like that people go oh what happened like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter you it's not our business. like you don't need like why are you getting off on what happened to somebody else i think that's that's part of it we like love seeing people like go through bad things like as a society not we the three of us we love seeing people like go through bad things and come out the other side I mean the coming out the other side part is great but like we focus a lot on like the bad thing right like I feel like a lot of people thrive on seeing other people not doing well which is so gross but um yeah I think it's an if it's a weird award but we but they have it so we have to so 
there's a good thing. Yeah, so we've talked about it. Be a winner. Yeah. We're going to talk about it. And I think we all agree that it should be Oscar Lindblom and that Dumba and Marlo should have their recognition and they did, they do by getting nominated, but also we should just talk about it because all three of them, like I said, it's different ballparks, but all of them showed how dedicated they are to hockey and how they want to like put their mark on the game. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's no wrong answer, but I I'm pulling for Oscar Lindblom. Um, speaking of efforts to change the game. So they added the, I don't, this is fairly new award, but it's the Willie O'Ree community award and it's for non NHL players, uh, who are making a difference in the community. Um, and mm. I don't, I forgive me. I don't know who the other two people are. I've never heard no, of them, yeah, but, I don't, I don't um, but I wanted to spotlight Renee Hess a little bit. Um, she's the founder of black girl hockey club. And I think it's so important. I think she should win it. I mean, there's so many reasons why, but it's so important. I mean, for even the fact like of who the award is nominated, who's it was named after mm. and like a guy, a, a, a person who broke the color barrier in hockey and Renee is trying to help, you know, women of color, particularly black girls, but women of color and people who feel mm. marginalized in the hockey community feel like they belong and helping them find their place in hockey. I mean, they have the Black Girl Scholarship Fund. Um, they help young girls of color in their communities, like get hockey equipment or like go to school or whatever they need the money for. Um, and I think that's so important and it starts very important conversations, the whole get uncomfortable campaign and everything. Um, I just, the Black Girl Hockey Club amazes me all the time. Uh, with what they are able to accomplish and the and their efforts to just not be silent about the racism in hockey. Um, yeah. I just think, especially since, like, we know everything about that, but then the other two things, we'd have to research and find out, like, what they are. I think that alone, mm-hmm. like, proves her, her impact on the community um, as a whole. So I hope she wins it. I mean, For and sure. she's a woman. She's a woman of color. I just think it would be awesome if she if she gets recognized for her hard work because she deserves it. Uh-uh. Yeah. It's, it's very cool to see the NHL recognize her like that. Um, because you know, the NHL is traditionally a sport for, uh, cisgender straight white men, um, the majority of them. So I, I think it's very cool to see the, the NHL recognize black girl hockey club in this way. And I think we have seen like more of that as well. Like the Seattle Kraken did like a collaboration with black girl hockey club for hats. I think I'm not a thousand percent I think it was sure. hats, yeah. Yeah. So again, just seeing like teams recognize Black Girl Hockey Club and work with them, seeing the NHL recognize Renee and work with her um in this way and nominate her for this award. I just think it's great and I hope it continues because I I really think that you're at a disadvantage if you look at an organization like that as an adversary as the NHL. Yeah. You know, obviously um Black Girl Hockey Club and Renee have criticized the NHL, but it's it's not just wanting to like poo-poo on them. Like I do genuinely believe that Renee and Black Girl Hockey Club want to make this sport better and make this league better and just make just make the hockey world better. Um so I think that the NHL like kind of taking it as constructive criticism rather than as an insult and like kind of starting to like work with her and work with the organization. I I just think that's really cool to see. And it's not necessarily something I was expecting. So good for you, NHL. I'm not going to say that again for a very long time because I don't want it to get to your head, but good job. 
NHL. I, and now I never say it again. I agree with what you said about the criticism <laughs> thing because I think we all, yeah. we all do it. Like all of us who criticize the league, we don't do it out mm-hmm. of like, oh, we hate the NHL. Like we do it because we, we love the sport and we want the league to be better. So I, I agree. I think it's great that they're seeing like the way that they're speaking out as raising awareness and trying to make things better, not criticizing them purely to criticize them. Um, however, my, uh, cause we're done with awards. I just wanted to pivot really quickly. Cause we were talking about criticisms of how they're handling things on the one hand. I think it's great that they're recognizing black girl hockey club and they're working with black. And like, like you said, the Kraken and, and I, hopefully other teams in the future work with black girl hockey club, but the display so far that I've seen for pride has been abysmal. And I, what I took a pause when I saw the NHL tweet that th- for pride, they were going to spotlight allies. Yeah. Um, yeah. That made me very confused. Um, yes, it's great to spotlight people who are allies in the community, but this month is about celebrating people in the LGBTQIA plus community. There are so many examples of those people in hockey that you don't need to spotlight allies this month. Um, so I thought it was a really weird take to have to Mm. say, we're going to spotlight allies when you have tons of people in hockey, not just the NHL, but in hockey that are a part of the LGBTQIA plus community that deserve recognition. I mean, Mm. I know we like beat a drum with like Jessica Platt and, and, and Harrison Brown, but those are great places to start. Yeah. About yeah, you know, recognizing transgender people in hockey. And there's so many examples of of you know queer lesbian people in women's hockey. You know, there's just so many avenues you could take that you don't need to spotlight allies. I just thought that was strange. And I just and I, I haven't seen a lot of teams just do much of anything for pride, which mm-hmm. was strange. I know that the like, teams have pride night, but June is also pride month. And like, as someone who works in social media, like there's no days off, like just because your team's in the off season doesn't mean you can't in, in June doesn't mean you can't, you like get off for pride. And like, just cause you, you did something for your pride night doesn't mean you get to ignore the whole month of June. Um, totally. I, and I yeah. think that not to interrupt you, yeah. I think that like, sometimes hockey and this is just a speculation I could be wrong but I think that sometimes hockey is like well we don't play in June so we're just gonna have our little night in February because they they try to pack so much into February they have like because February is Black History Month so there's always like they try to do something with that then they try to have their pride night in February and then there's always like some sort of token like global diversity night like I know the Rangers one year, I don't know if they still do it, but they did like a cultural night and I didn't even know about it until like the second period. And they were like, it's cultural night. There's cultural food on the concourse. Like, okay. So I feel like they just try to pack a lot into February because they're like, we don't play in June. We can just do Pride Month now during Black History Month, which is so wrong on so many levels if that is the thought process. We now we don't have time to unpack all that. Um but I just the way that I see it it's like well we don't want to give all these marginalized groups the time of day. So we're just going to give them each one day in February and hopefully everyone will shut up. Um and that's not the case. I think that when like 
pride nights and like black history nights and things like that. I think when those started happening, we were very happy about them. Like the first Rangers pride game I went to was great. I loved it so much. It was so fun. Um, but at the end of the day, that gets kind of old. Um, you know, I, I wrote a piece kind of about this last June for Pucker Up. Um, but it's like the, the rainbow graphics and the tape during warmups like that, that is, I just realized people can't see me. That is this much, meaning very, very little, very little much um, compared to how much that I think the leagues and the teams should be doing. It's kind of like a put your money where your mouth is situation. Rainbow tape really doesn't do that much. I mean, rainbow making tape is also the... performative at the end of the day because you have these. I was you yeah. Have these players who might go back in the locker room and be like, "F this tape! I hate gay people." Like, mm-hmm. it's super performative, and I was about yeah. to say the whole thing is extremely performative. Yeah, and it's so I not great. And then like I I, <laughs> I I've praised the Hurricanes before for the their post about pronouns and how important they that was are. great. Yeah. And it was it was amazing. I it, it was mm-hmm. great. And they have a lot on their plate. They just got nominated, uh, just got eliminated from the playoffs. But it would be awesome if before the end of June they just reposted it and recognized, uh, recognized mm-hmm. Pride again. Um, it's just there's so many, especially with because um, I know that a lot of people. I don't. I don't think I've ever met. We've ever talked about this in in on the podcast, but or even you know uh, offline. But um, a lot of people joined the hockey fandom. Um, in the last like few years because of the webcomic Check Please and because and it, yeah. it's also a physical mm-hmm. book, a graphic novel, but uh that's all about uh LGBTQIA plus people in hockey. And so that community is full of those marginalized people and they want to join and then they they like they're like, Oh, I like hockey now. Let me watch the NHL because it's the professional league. And then mm-hmm. they find out that they're not fully accepted. And I just think that's such a loss because especially when you're a business and you do care about money, like these are prime customers willing to join your community and love your sport and give you their money. So why not treat them like humans and recognize their existence and, and treat them better? Um, yeah. Cause that only grows the sport at the end of the day. Um, Cause I feel like eventually we're going to, I mean, in any sport, I mean, we've had very few, but we've had some out players in men's sports I think it, it, it'll become hopefully more normalized and mm-hmm. I have a feeling that hockey might be the last sport where that happens, but um, eventually it's going to happen. So why be, why push away? Why? I don't know what to say. Avoid that change when you can embrace it head on and have this whole new group of people come into your community and love your sport. So just weird, 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 weird. All, all, <laughs> yeah. all of your teams have so much time because it's June and none of you are playing. Just put some effort into pride. Okay. Um, we're at over an hour, so I just want to squeeze this in. So, uh, the Toronto six, um, as reported by Marissa and Jemmy, that was the first person I saw it from the Toronto six have a new head coach, uh, former junior hockey coach, coach, Mark Jocelyn is the new head coach. So that means digit Murphy, who we've talked about before is no longer the Toronto six head coach. Um, however, she's retaining her role as team president. So she's still involved with the organization. Um, she also said, um, Marissa also said, my understanding is Murphy wasn't intended to be the long-term coach before COVID and everything. It was just easier to keep her as head coach. Um, so this isn't changing their organizational direction too drastically, according to her. Mm-hmm. And then she also said, since their founding, the six have already lost Mandy Cronin and Lisa Haley, lots of shakeups in the, within the organization. So yeah, 
I think the question I'm posing because I've been thinking about it a lot is do we really think that digit wasn't the long-term option or they're just saying that to cover their base because of everything that's come to light and they're like oh we really weren't gonna stick with her it was just we had to because of COVID um and Um, also the sorry I was just gonna say it also my second part two to that question is with the front office (laughs) shakeups like do we just attribute this to like a, a expansion team in a in a fairly new league, and they're just trying to gain their footing and get their front office set up when you know they're not like the NHL with their business money power? Um, so the two parts of that question is: Do we really think that they're sincere that Digit wasn't part of the long term plan, and are we concerned that they're making so many front office shakeups already going into their second year of existence? Um, I think I have more of an answer to the first question than I do the, the second one. I think based on the way we've seen them handle this, I don't believe that for one second. No, me neither. The, the way everything was handled and, and the fact that she still, she still keeps that. I mean, I, I guess it's maybe harder to, or say it's easier to get a new coach than it is to team president. Obviously, I don't know how to run a team, so I, I can't speak to that necessarily. But, yeah, that feels like, for lack of a better phrase, I'm just going to go all in. That's a load of shit. Um, it, it just, yeah. it, it, I don't think anybody believes that for one second. That it was, oh, well, she was never going to be our long-term coach. Like, we were always going to move on from her after, you know, this season. Like, nah. Like, we don't we don't believe that that was the case. And, and I feel like you're only saying that to kind of cover your basis there. Like, I don't think if, if none of that happened um, before, um, cause I, we've talked about it at length before on the podcast. So I don't know how much we really need to dive back into what happened, but if that doesn't happen, are we saying like, Oh, she was never the long-term option. Like, does this coaching change still happen? I, I think it's another big question to think about. And, and I'm just kind of rambling at this point. But <laughs> I, I think basically the end of the is I don't believe that for one second. Like It, it just mm-hmm. doesn't feel like you needed to say that unless you were trying to be like, oh, don't worry, guys. We were always going to do something anyway. Like, okay. <laughs> sure. Like, I don't know. I I still see, like, discussion of... I'm just going to call it, like, the situation with Digit Murphy. We all know it happened. If you don't, we've talked about it before. And also just search her name on Twitter. I promise you'll find it. Um, I I see discussion of this situation on Twitter nearly every day. And I I was going to say I love that. I don't love it. I don't love that we need to keep talking about it. But I'm very glad that as fans of the league, supporters of the league, people who work with the league. I'm very glad that we're not letting it get swept under the carpet because it's it's a very serious and a very real issue. And I think to kind of just let it go, we would be doing ourselves a disservice, other fans and supporters a disservice, even the league a disservice. Um, and I think that my relationship with the NWHL as a huge supporter, I mean, you guys know I probably watch that league more than I do the NHL at this point. Um, if, if you want, if you love something and you want it to be great and you want it to grow, you have to criticize it and you have to call it out. Um, and you have to criticize and call out the people involved. And for as much as I love the NWHL, I want it to be better. And I think 
dealing with this situation with Digit Murphy head on is a great way to make the league better and improve it. And I think that the longer the NWHL goes without some sort of proper statement or action, the more support that they're going to lose just straight up. Um, Like I said, people are still talking about it nearly every day and this happened months ago. So that shows you how passionate people really are about getting this dealt with and getting this sorted out. Um, and not even necessarily sort it out, like be done with it. Like, no, like address it. I guess it was bad wording. Um, but at the end of the day, like you said, Ariel, I don't think that they were just keeping her around because of COVID. I think that if I'm the league putting myself in my league brain, I think they very much thought this was going to kind of go away, that Twitter was going to freak out about it for a day and like find these screenshots and then be like, oh, it's okay, like, go six, go, like, digit, like, tiny hands, coach, whatever, like, just be fine with it, and I think that now that people, (laughs) yeah, I think that now that people, like, aren't fine with it, I think they're kind of, like, oh, shit, um, so what, what I would say in terms of, like, next steps for this is if you are someone who is continuing to talk about this situation on social media, please keep doing that, and if you are not someone who has been talking about it on social media, but you feel as passionately as I do and we do about it, start talking about it on social media. Because mm-hmm. the NWHL, at the end of the day, they have great people working in their league and, like, good for them. But at the end of the day, they are nothing without their fans and they do not have the gigantic fan base that the NHL does. So if we get enough people to yell at them, I think something might happen, personally. Um, so that's pretty much all I have to say about that. It's just disappointing. Once again, the fact that you had uh, someone like Harrison Brown in this league and we just allowed Digit Murphy to still exist in this space is absolutely disgusting to me. Um, There's no need to sugarcoat it. It's absolutely disappointing and I hate it. Um, It makes me hesitant to support the NWHL in any way. I see like NWHL stuff come up on my timeline. I'm like, "Mm, do I want to like that tweet? Uh, for a league that still employs Digit Murphy, like I think about it all the time. Um, so I don't know. Got got a little emotional in there. Makes me a little sad. But the point of that is just keep speaking out about it. Keep speaking your truth about it because yeah. it's disgusting, and she should have no part of this league. Yeah. The end. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I echo everything you guys said, especially you know that last bit about you know speaking up about it and 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 not letting it go because. Yes, she is not the coach anymore, so she's not as forward facing as she as she she will not be as forward facing as she was, but she's still a, a part of the a, a large part of the Toronto Six organization, and mm-hmm. not sure that's the best move. Um, yeah, probably so not. Before we go, I have two little nuggets of trivia. I'm excited. So the Vegas Knights have been in existence for four years. And they Pain. really could win the Stanley Cup this year. So Pain. I was curious and I looked it up. What which NHL expansion team won a cup first? Ooh. Hmm. Fastest from existence to cup. Oh god, because that's going back. Oh, why do I feel like that's going back? The first expansion was in 1967, I believe. I oh my god! I feel like I'm gonna. I feel like I know who it is, but I like don't think I know who it is. Okay. <laughs> you can take no, a guess. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't them. You can take a guess. I know, but I'm like all I guess. All guesses are welcome. A, 
I don't want to take a guess. <laughs> um, should I just like name a team? You can name any team you'd like. Should I just do that? Go. I don't know. There's so many. I think in the, in the, orig- in the, the original first. expansion, there were six more teams added. Right. Would you like me to tell you which of those teams were? I know that would be some great. of the teams, yes. So please. Okay. 1967 NHL expansion. Okay. Because I'm thinking it's the one of those. six new teams were the <laughs> Kings, the Kings, the North Stars, the Oakland Seals, who don't exist anymore, the Flyers, right. Penguins, and Blues. See, I was thinking those were the six because I was teams. trying. I was trying to think of expansion. See, teams this and makes I was like, me think teams? my guess was gonna be right, but okay, say your guess. I was gonna go with the Flyers. It was the Flyers. <gasps> okay, they won their first cup in 1973, 1974. I have to count in my head how many seasons that is, but I'm not sure if Vegas wins a cup this year. They might be the. The fastest, because I think that was five years. I can't do math. The 73, That's 74, okay. so it was 67, 70, 67, 68, 68, 69, 70, 71, 71, 72, 72, 73. Yep, they would be the fastest. So that's a little nugget. Good. Good that was the first them. one. Not really. And then the second one, Mark andre Fleury is now the fourth winningest playoff goalie. This is not regular season winning. This is playoff Mm. winning. He's won the fourth most playoff games of any goalie ever. Do you know who was number one? Ooh. Do you know who number one is? I just saw this list too. They just posted (laughs) it. So I was, I was, that's why the first one was the real trivia. And this is like the little, maybe if you saw it, then you would know. I just saw this list, but I don't remember who the first one was. I'm just going to name a goaltender who was, like, really fucking good. Go ahead. And say Patrick Waugh. Yeah. It was Patrick Waugh. <laughs> good for you. That was a guess. Two for two. I, uh, had, and I had my own, and I can't find it. He had 151 was... playoff wins as, as, as a goalie. <laughs> And Marty Berder is second with 113. I mean, it makes sense. He's that the, was going to be the, my guess. He's the regular season winningest. So mm. that's where the trip up was. Um, what I'm surprised about as a Rangers fan is that Henrik Lundqvist is only 15th. Wow. Heck yeah. He is 61. He's tied with Tom Barrasso for 15th. Oh, I wish I remember. Because I had my own. And I didn't know if it was going to be one of yours. And it turned out it wasn't. Yeah, but I'm just I surprised because of how many Game 7s Hank went to and how many, like, how deep in the playoffs the Rangers always went. So, yeah. that was a little shocker to me. Um, but I guess when you don't win Cups, you don't go that far in the playoffs. You don't rack up those playoff wins. Um, but, yeah. So, Marc-Andre Fleury's four, Grant Fuhrer's three, Bruder's two, Patrick Waugh's one, and then five is Billy Smith from the Islanders when they uh, did when Ooh. they uh, won all their Cups. Did their thing. Yeah. Um, Maybe they do it again. Please no. If yeah. I have to hear yes, 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 I can't. Um, but those were my <laughs> little my little nuggets of trivia for this week. Um, I actually fun. prepared this time. I liked it. I know I had one too, but I can't find it. You can't find it. Do you want? Do you want <laughs> no, no, no. I found what I didn't find the tweet that I had, but I found at least the trivia, okay. and so. So, we, as we know, the Jets swept Edmonton. 
and then no. got swept by yeah Montreal. When was the last time that happened? And can you name the teams? The Islanders and the and the Penguins <laughs> and then and then the Islanders and, and the Hurricanes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Apparently, I, yeah, yeah. I, I figured you would know that, but I just wanted yeah. To. I was I was at the first was, like, two, two games of the ago, Kane right? sweep, so I will. That's what, I was like, oh, the, the the tweet was so much better, but like that. Yeah, that was basically my. That was so fun. That was, there was so more. There was that. more to it, but I literally forgot who tweeted it. Um, but yeah, I'll I'll leave it with this because I thought this tweet was funny because we talked about how like the there's a decent te- there's a few decent teams left, but so uh, at L- latch in the crease. Oh wait, oh Jen's we lost Jen. Um, <laughs> so at latch in the crease, I think his name is. He said. This was his tweet. Our options in the Stanley Cup semifinals are, here's a list, the defending champs who circumvented the salary cap, the annoying four-year-old franchise, the most boring hockey team on the planet, the Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> Choose your fighter. Jen, would you I like don't... me to read the tweet again since you're back? I don't want to. Yes, my, my internet went out. So this this wonderful person, uh, I think his name's Lacklin, so it's Lack in the crease. Okay. He tweeted, so our options in the Stanley Cup semifinals are the defending champs who circumvented the salary cap, the annoying four-year-old franchise, the most <laughs> boring hockey team on the planet, the Montreal Canadiens. Choose your fighter. <laughs> I'll the leave it at that because I thought it was funny. So funny. I thought it was a ha-ha funny moment. Hockey Twitter. I, like um, I thought it was funny calling the Isles the most boring hockey team on the planet. Because when you have Matt Barzell, you shouldn't be that boring, but you are somehow. Yeah. Um. Anyway, that's that's where I'll leave it. Does anyone else have anything to say? Yeah. I'm good. Happy playoffs. Mm, not so happy. Happy playoffs? Question mark. Or happy question mark. Maybe playoffs? the real playoffs were the friends we made along the way. <laughs> I agree. Um. Anyway, <laughs> uh, that'll do it for this week. Uh, you can find us on social media at Pucker Up Sports. That's everywhere. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, and uh, we have written content on PuckerUpSports.com. So that's at PuckerUpSports and PuckerUpSports.com. As always, yeah. we thank you for listening to us. And uh, next week, Jen will be so happy because we're teenagers next week. We'll be, thir- we'll be 13. Um, that's exciting. So we'll throw a party. But until then, have a great week. Have a great weekend. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.